episode six. This, this one is uh, Targar Earth, as I typed it. Right? That's that's the name. Targar. Targar Earth. Targar Earth. Uh, also, my <laughs> porno name. <laughs> Everybody. Welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farantino. And on this week, we're going to go into episode six, season one of Exo Squad Target Earth. Target Earth. Target Earth. Target Earth. Target Earth. <laughs> That's going to be the whole episode now. We're just going to repeat everything we say. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> so, guys, like, this is, uh, you know, coming off the last episode, this is like kind of. Yeah, we had a big cliffhanger up front, and this is sort of like the uh, the answer to that. So, you know, what'd you guys think of this one? So, I'd like to kick it off. The last one ends on a cliffhanger, and this one jumps ahead a year? Like, <laughs> they're in prison for a whole year, and then they get out, and they're like, immediately returned to duty, and given a crucial assignment. As punishment for our acts of insubordination during the conflict, my squad and I have spent the last year in the brig. Having served our time, Abel Squad is now reunited and ready to do its part in the battle to overthrow Neo-Sapien rule. So the episode begins with them uh, getting out of prison, and then they are assigned to land on Earth and shut down the Graf Shield, which is the gravitational focus shield, which is keeping the uh, exofleet from attacking and retaking the homeworlds, and they have to bring that down. And they have to uh, shut down the shield and then also kill or uh, get rid of Zenobius, who is the Neo-Sapien scientist in charge of it. Again, this this show just absolutely kills it with the Neo-Sapien names. It's, no one, no, there's never like Phil the Neo, you know, um, it's, <laughs> it's always like Zenobius or, or my favorite one, um, we see like a brief intro for the Amanda Connor show, you know, uh, Napier's Oh, ex. I love the Amanda Connor show. The, oh. the graphic designer, there's like this little cartoon of her. And yeah. It's like, she's tiny. And oh my god, I love the Amanda Connor show. That's my favorite yeah. thing. I'm gonna make. So I'll make the thumbnail for this episode that image because Stay. it is so she's amazing. Like, she's like looking down on a star and like yeah. to get into a fight, and then 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 toward the announcer who's a Neo-Sapien <laughs> in a tux with a pop collar and a floating microphone. <laughs> it's the announcer for the show. There are billions and billions of stars in our universe, but the brightest star of all is Amanda. Tonight, Amanda celebrates the first anniversary of the Neo-Sapien Order with a special appearance by our ruler, Phaeton. I am your announcer, Stentor. And now, here is Amanda. So... Did that they just bred him to be an announcer? Like, like, can I go with? No, you're the stentor. No, you stay. You're it's, just gonna stay. It's also <laughs> hilarious because it ties back into that thing about Neo Sapiens not being creative. Like, they're good enough to announce the talk show, but to talk to a celebrity, you need a human. Like, you can't. <laughs> Neo Sapiens are incapable of celebrity gossip. You need a human being to be able to do that. The Neo Sapiens dominate PBS. Oh, crush it. It's just straight up. Nova all day. <laughs> I am Novar, host of Nova. <laughs> That's the Neo Sapien in charge of Nova. Novar. Uh, 
Uh, View these polar bears and their illogical nature. They sleep for six months a year. I am Fishbone, host of Wishbone, and star of Wishbone. Well, while we're while they put the Neo Sapiens in all the old PBS cartoons. Oh man, Arthur with all Neo Sapiens, like everyone. Which would, like, defeat the whole purpose because everyone is the same. Like, well, you know, he's also eight feet tall and muscular with three fingers. Oh, yeah. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Would be such a letdown because it would be like, Chief Tor, where is Carmen Sandiego? In the concentration camp, obviously. <laughs> I, am hiding in the, I am hiding in the ultimate destination for all humans. The sun. <laughs> uh... Also in the also in the Amanda Connor show, I really want to shout out so when they're doing the uh, the roll call of like the guests. So Amanda Connors <laughs> is the host of this like collaborationist talk show where like Neo Sapiens come on and talk about how great everything is. And Phaeton is the guest on this particular episode. And they show him like it's like and our guest, Phaeton. And Phaeton, like a hologram of Phaeton comes and it waves and smiles. <laughs> And it's the most disturbing image in all of Exo Squad. I think at the end of it, she ends the interview with, like, thank you, and please don't kill us. Throughout history, human beings have longed for someone to save us from our own violent natures. Now, that dream is a reality. We can solve humanity's problems if we are willing to confront their source, humanity itself. Thank you, Governor Phaeton, for your inspiring words and for agreeing to be on our show. Be good to us. Yeah, she says, she says like thanks and be good to us. Because I think it's yeah. Because he says that he has that really killer line where he like they cut to the end of the interview and he's like, as you can see, we once we confront the truth that the problems with humanity are humanity, we can have order. And Amanda Connor's like, thanks for enslaving us, Phaeton. Uh, <laughs> And uh, like she's straight up, just like yeah. But she's got like she's got like gray white hair. She looks like she's you know. a character from a Chris Claremont comic in the '90s, like one of those early '90s X Men. Yeah, like big, big swoopy hair, like tight suit. You know, she's also the ex-wife of uh, of Sean Napier, which they hit on pretty quick because uh, Diana's watching the show. And she's like, collaborationist witch. And Sean Napier's like, you should try being married to her. Oh, I hate that collaborationist witch. You ought to try living with her. There's a pretty great photo of her, like, in, in like, a barbed wire fence. Like, it's just been, it's sitting in the barbed wire, like, ripped in half. And, uh... It's signed with, like, a kiss on it or something. Yeah, she's always wearing, like, a tank top. She has great branding. <laughs> they, they, Stentor says something too, where he's like, there are a million stars in the universe, but none shine brighter than Amanda Connors, our servant. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's like a kind of overweight human writer that's like, a, like used to be like a comedy <laughs> late night writer that's writing Stentor's copy. He's not doing yeah. it himself. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I, I want to, I really want to uh, listen to like the wait, wait, don't tell me of this world where like the Neo Sapiens have taken over and it's like, and your prize, Stentor will read his name on your voice, on your, on your hollow message machine. <laughs> what is your name, Phil? You have reached Phil's voicemail. Leave a message. Make it brief. <laughs> Take him away. <laughs> no, like on the voicemail, the guy is like being imprisoned. I'm in. So in. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. It's like, it's like, you know, you just see the house is empty, you know, and the camera's just pulling away yeah. as the voice <laughs> message is going. It's like, you know, Phil's being dragged out of the house. But 
It's you've it's reached act- Phil, who is on his way to the sun <laughs> <laughs> to but die. Like, I think it works. Like one of the things that I think this show does really well is like let you know that like nor ordinary people are watching the Amanda Connor show, and like you can miss the like super fascist stuff, but it's still there. Like you can definitely still see the fascism, even if you're like trying to hide it well there's some, yeah there's something to be said for i mean it's it's a great idea for the show i think but it's something to be said yeah you're like people are at home watching tv and entertain you know they've kind of corrupted the entertainment or the news yeah um, which it's, is it's, it's just like you're like wait a second that's that's like today yeah um, <laughs> I, I i keep i keep trying to not do that because like i don't know i think the show could be timeless but uh, no but it is it is, <laughs> it is, it is timeless because it, it's not, clearly not I mean, it was made long, it's, long in the past, but like these are the th- these are the common things, yeah. You know that are timeless, which is taking over the media, taking over this, you know, getting your message out, yeah, however well, you can. She's Jimmy Fallon, and he's Donald Trump. <laughs> like it's pretty, like it's there's like a clear examples. <laughs> like, a tussle in my head ridges. <laughs> it's, a clear, it's a clear parallel. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Phaeton, shave it, the sides of my head. Yeah, in Phaeton's world, everyone will have undercuts the you know it, it, it's one of those things too like in what is it episode four where they have like you know phaeton dissolves the space un you know it's like these things where he's taking that extra step to make sure he covers all his bases you know like he's taking over entertainment as well like he doesn't want to be and it's more for his like the neo sapiens than the humans but you know he wants to have his like image as he imagines it you know what i mean and i kind of love that idea it's a pretty complete takeover you know which is again great to see in the show i mean it's i mean not great but like you know it's like you understand that they've taken over every aspect of life and that they're controlling the message and as well as controlling people it's very smart it's very smartly done that way and and phaeton one of the things that's cool is like it really does set up the dichotomy of like phaeton and napier are the ones who get it like it's not a it's not a war it's not a military war it's not a war of technology it's a war it's a war of ideas. Phaeton wins as long as people don't fight back, and Napier continues and Napier can keep fighting as long as people believe that they can overthrow the Neo Sapien, which is which is cool because it it also like that's that's what kept the Neo Sapien revolution going after it got shut down is that will the fight. And, like, the humans can't... The humans uh, benefit from that as much as they suffer from it. No, definitely. You know, I feel like we should probably push forward a little bit from like, the... Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> we are, the, like, 30 seconds in. The main, the, well, I mean, the main <laughs> the main focus of the episode is so that the uh, JT, DeLeon, and Marsala have kind of uh, taken these... Sh- <laughs> oh, and Naredi. And yeah, yeah. Have, have are on these pods and they're flying uh, in the back of an asteroid coming down to earth and then what is it like they they see that there's something with the asteroid there's, that, a, yeah, shot, the there's a shuttle and yeah the gra- and they see it as a shuttle and they use the graph shield which is this you know earth defense thing which focuses gravity and it destroys the shuttle and nobody thinks that the asteroid also might be a problem general shiva an unidentified object is approaching the earth general shiva there's no need for e-frames my graph shield can destroy it would you stake your life on that zenobius i i am a scientist a dead scientist if you fail well i wrote this down cuz typhonus it's typhonus runs earth right or er. I think so, right? Yeah, Shiva yeah. or is it Typhonus? I think I I forget. 
Draconis is one of them. Whatever. Um, they're all they're, yeah. they're totally interchangeable. Uh, yeah. Like they the graph shield blows up the shuttle, uh, and then the Typhonus is like, "Well, that's the end of that, unless it was a decoy." Our agent reports the Terran resistance forces will rendezvous with an Exo squad tonight. Unlikely. We have just destroyed an incoming Exo fleet shuttle, unless it was a decoy. But then doesn't he's like. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not whatever. Like, like they don't they don't bother to check, and like they just blew up the shuttle. Like, is it that much more work to blow up the asteroid? They were like, that eh, could be a decoy, but it's definitely not. Guess well, it's I off. They, I, I think they say like it's out of range or something. Like it's too close. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it passes. By the time he says that, he's like, it has passed the focus points. But again, you think they'd send someone? Well, I guess they vaguely they, they do kinda, send people. They kind of do know. So it's it's Marsh. Marsala, Dalian, and Noretti, and Noretti, her her pod kind of something happens to it, and JT goes fire the stabilizers, and she does it, and she kind of spins out of control, and presumably has died. Welcome to Able Squad, Lieutenant Noretti. Thanks. I heard it would be fun. I do not find this experience enjoyable. Noretti's tumbling. Fire your stabilizers, Noretti. Transmissions have ceased, Lieutenant Marsh. So that's one thing that always weirded me out as a kid was like, I, I'm glad, Chris, you brought up that uh, like Noretti is that person that they uh, extinguished the fire in the episode before. Because like I was always as a kid was like, man, they brought that woman in just to kill her. Like she's just there for like the five minutes and then just like bites it. There's a great line after, uh, after <laughs> they land and they get out of their <laughs> pods. We didn't even know her name. Her first name. Yeah, we Alice. didn't even know her first name, Alice Noretti. And Marsh just like looks off into the distance, and because this this is the first person that he, that he loses, he's ever lost. Really, there hasn't been war, so uh, yeah, that's gonna stick with him for a long time. We never knew her first name. What about Noretti? She uh, didn't make it. <laughs> Let's go. We don't want to keep the resistance waiting. We didn't even know her first name, Alice, Lieutenant Alice Noretti. So long, Lieutenant. <laughs> he just says Alice. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, so she's presumably dead um, mm-hmm. off screen. So I'm not sure that I buy it, but you know why not? Yeah, um, we'll see. They they meet up with the uh, resistance and Napier, who's like pissed off that they've disappeared for a year. You know, <laughs> rightfully so, even though they've been in jail. Don't anyone move. Easy with the hardware, Napier. Hello, Marsh. We've been expecting you. I knew you'd be back when Exo Fleet needed our help. Come on, Napier. We're in this fight together. Yeah? So where have you been hiding for the last 12 months? They're hanging out. The Neosapiens show up and surround them. So they do kind of know they're there and they're meeting. Yeah. Dalion throws a flash grenade at JT's insistence. The flash bomb was a wise move, Lieutenant. Neosapien eyes are more sensitive than... Later, Masala. And they escape. I guess there's a great line because they, they'll come back to this a lot where they're like, oh, man, way to use that flash grenade because of the Neo Sapiens genetically enhanced vision. Their hearing's the same way. So it's like not only are they like eight feet tall, have two thumbs and are just like brilliant, but they're also like, you know, they can see better and they can hear better than us. You know, it, it's it's kind of like a little throwaway thing, but they do make a point to kind of point it out here because they, they can use it as like a payoff later on. I don't know if it's this episode or the next episode, but there's a close-up of one of the Neo-Sapiens who, like, goes outside. I think it's the next one, but maybe I can talk about it in the next one. But he's, like, you can see his eyes, like, really focus in the night. Yeah. And it's just to point that out. Yeah, they do that with Masala, too, where he's, like, 
pupils like super dilate and it looks totally awesome. There's a line though, like, because Napier still hates Marcel and doesn't know why he's there. Marcel is something to the effect of Neo Sapiens don't change ever. And that's one of their, that's their greatest flaw. You know, <laughs> it's, it's their lack of imagination, but they also, they don't, they're, they're encoded to be one thing, like a, an announcer. <laughs> <laughs> the Neosapien <laughs> comedy writer. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Who is there? The person at the door, obviously. <laughs> Please open the door. I came to see you. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. have an urgent matter we must discuss. The the other Neosapien move that I really want to I really want to draw attention to is so uh, so not to give too much away for the people who haven't watched the episode. Why why would you listen to the podcast first? Um, but. <laughs> So the, the big reveal is that Zenobius did not make the graph shield. Dr. Algernon did. Uh, University of Chicago's own. Phaeton, yeah, University of Phaeton City's own, uh, Dr. Algernon. <laughs> Go Phaetons. Phaetons. Uh, um, so, but like in the beginning, Typhonus is like, scramble the E-frames and destroy the asteroid. And Zenobius is like, no, 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 the graph shield will do it. And Typhonus is like, if you're wrong you're dead. Like, if you're not sure about the graph shield, I'd, like, let it be like, nah, Typhonus, take this one. Like, it's good. Like, we're cool. <laughs> There's a scene later where, like, Zenobius is sitting in his office, <laughs> and he's like, the computer's like, what do you need? And he's like, make me a genius. I can't I can't get it right. And it's just, I really understood that moment. That was a real, a real personal moment that I was like, he's grappling with the limits of his own mind. Express the gravitational focus effect in terms of, of electron motion. Data failure. <sighs> Have you another request? Yes. Make me a genius. Insufficient parameters. I, I don't know, though. At the same time, like, the graph shield works. And, like, nobody <laughs> knows that it's not him. Like, he could have just written that out. Be like, nah, man, it works. Like, what do you want? Right, but he's like, but he's, it's like winning, the, being on the practice squad when you win the Super Bowl, you know? Like, you didn't really win it. You weren't there. You're on the bench, the, you know? So here's the question, I gotta say. <laughs> if Neo Sapiens are coded to be who they are, does that mean that they're like, like, beta Neo Sapiens? Like, the guys who are just like, you know, you're just, you're gonna be the B team, man. Like, you're not gonna be too good at things. Just no matter what, <laughs> yeah. anything you try, you're gonna kind of suck at it. And is that like Zenobius? There's like, there's like a Neo Sapien who has like a bench warmer head tattoo. It's like, <laughs> Ger- Germanus, get out of the basement, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why I was bred to be an accountant while Xerophon gets to play Xbox all day and smoke weed in the basement. <laughs> it is the way I was bred, unfortunately. <laughs> Your mother and I didn't take you out of that giant tube of goo for you to do that Wizard of Oz Dark Side of the Moon thing all day. My enhanced lung capacity allows me to <laughs> take a larger hit than a normal man would. In fact, Father, that's exactly why you took me out of the goo. <laughs> Neo sapiens are able to chill at a 30% greater rate than humans. <laughs> so anyway, this episode, uh, it ends, they, they, so they attack the graph shield, the, the resistance attacks, the shield installation, and then Marsh and Deliana Marcello kidnap Zenobius. And <laughs> so that's like a big plot point. And then the other plot point is that there's a, a woman in the resistance named Diana who we kind of, as an audience, we are a little bit ahead of the characters and we know that she is kind of a traitor who is trying to defend her husband and kid or something. And there's, a, I think, a great moment in this where is it Shiva or whoever 
like shoots her to make it seem more realistic, which is such a badass thing, yeah. right? <laughs> he is asking about you. Are you lovers? I've got a husband and a, a little girl. You know I'm only doing this for them. When can I go to Venus and see them? Very soon. But first you must escape. <laughs> the blast will do no permanent injury, but it will make your escape seem more convincing. And if you wish to see your husband and child again, find out where they have taken Zenobius. Because she's going to escape, and it's like, well, you need to be hurt if you're going to escape. And so that... he just shoots her in the stomach. Yeah, bra, chicka, bra. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, that's a cool, so that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up is like, she definitely brings up that she's married with a kid. Like mm-hmm. she has, she has a family on Venus. Um, But isn't it a little weird that like the two collaborators we're presented with are both women? That's a strange choice, isn't it? Wait, who's the, who's the other collaborator? Uh, Amanda Connors. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so far it's been, I mean, aside from, yeah, the mayor of Phaeton City, but I mean, he rolled over in like the first day. Yeah. But and yeah, it's... He suffered the fate of all sycophants, which is to get dragged away by two dudes while screaming that like, you don't understand. Like... <laughs> I could have helped you. Yeah. The, uh, no, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's trying to comment on like a gender thing where it's like, you know, men fight wars and women care about things. That's weakness. And we'll take advantage of that. I mean, we don't really know why Amanda's doing her thing. Yet. Yeah, we, that's uh, what's, we don't really get to see Amanda other than on TV so far. You know, there's a character reason for it, I guess. Because, I don't know, the men, yeah, the men are seen as kind of being pretty macho. Yeah. There are, some, Except- there are some pretty macho ladies, but there aren't any, like, softer dudes. In fact, in this episode, you have a moment where they're like, I think it's with, uh, no, it's Zenobius, when he's like, I don't know anything. I don't, you know, I can't help you. And Delion's like, well, I guess we have to kill him. And it's just like, okay, Deleon has no chill, man. He is just all or nothing. Deleon is so upfront about everything. Like, he just, he's ready to kill at a moment's notice. Like, at the drop of a hat, which is weird for a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and you can drink now, especially for a children's cartoon. Boom! So. <laughs> for all the, three uh, of you, yeah, for all three of you playing the Exosquad uh, goals uh, home game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, also the other thing I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out is that uh, Diane's not a great liar because like when they're arguing about the Neo Sapien attack, which is awesome, like the fight in that the fight in that the middle of the episode rules. Uh, but they're uh, they're like, oh yeah, no, it must have been a ru- like. What if it was a routine patrol? Yeah, it was probably a routine patrol. They have like buried like Neo E frames like in the lake. And they pop out at, like, the exact right moment. So it's like, nah, man. So we're just going to wander around the route, then chill in the swamp for, like, 20 minutes, see if anyone meets for, like, a clandestine meeting, and then we'll head back home. Like, yeah. that, that was the ambushiest ambush that's ever been bushed. Uh, <laughs> Let me bring up two random things. Um, yeah, I, love, yeah. I love JT's pistol, his gun. It's oh, like, yeah. it, I don't know what it is. It's, like, two pieces, and it creates on his hand. Everyone else has regular guns, and his is just like a two. I don't even. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like he he makes a fist and it like flips out. It's like close enough to a phaser that that's what it reminds you of, but different enough that they can't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is his e frame has like bandages around it. Sometimes I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah, no, definitely in a couple of shots it has like you know some makeshift some repairs. white tape around it or something. I don't know what it is. Duct tape, man. It goes far. On uh, Marsh's wrist blaster, though, I think it's one of those, like, the clampy 
Neo Sapien E-frames, and he takes like two shots with the thing and blows its leg off. Like that thing has some juice behind it. I think he's wearing like a is he wearing like a pack or like a backpack that like powers? <laughs> I'm trying to like think of the actual reason why. They're like all wearing backpacks all the time. Like Daleon has like a has like a pack with like a, a antenna on it and stuff. It was like those Ghostbusters packs you could get as when you were a kid. Oh man, those kicked so much ass. How good were those? They were so good. I feel like that's a hallmark though of like children's cartoons in general is like because kids all wear backpacks so like (laughs) so like like when they do like the toys and stuff there's always like a like an identification thing and that's why they often have backpacks that's what i thought at least i gotta say you know this is is this a serious episode because delion does not say one french word the whole thing none like there's no there's no voila there's no (laughs) sacre bleu Uh. nothing (laughs) i just you know one last plot point i want to mention is that napier gets kidnapped Mm. by the neo sapiens yes and he gets he gets the han solo treatment he gets hooked up and zapped yeah he gets well because during their attack it's uh diane right she tips them off to the attack and they set up like landmines and stuff right yeah yeah so they're his his frame which has a giant police badge you know branding gets disabled and he gets captured and like you said they let diane go but yeah they lose like two e-frames in the whole thing so for them that's a huge loss but i'm just looking at my notes to see if there's any oh the biggest thing their mission's a scrub because they're like the whole thing was to get the guy who made the graph shield generator and disable it and figure it out and algernon's on venus and they can't get to Venus, so they're stuck there. Are you saying the shield was invented by a human? Dr. Algernon of the University of Chicago. He is a, a true genius. And where's Dr. Algernon now? He has gone to build a graph shield on Venus. Venus? It would seem our mission must end in failure. He's right, JT. We can't get to Venus. We're trapped here. On Earth. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That's what I mean. The fun part about this show is that it's just going to continue into the next one. There aren't going to be any sort of one-offs, which is fun, you know. It's really like one of the best things is that you just have this, like my wife was watching one with me and she's like, well, the characters seem a little like, you know, one-dimensional at this point. Yeah, I'm like, but I, was, I said, I'm like, you know, it's interesting because this is one of the few shows that's so episodic that you have to, or serialized, I should say, that you have to, you know, if you haven't seen the previous 30 of them, you know, Delion's just going to be a guy with poofy 90s hair you know it's not cliffhangers it's i mean it's weird with cartoons because right you don't have actors who can do different things in the back you know like you don't have real people inhabiting the characters you kind of have it's all writing it's all it's all it's all in that there's not somebody in the background who's gonna be doing some kind of behavior so it's all it's gonna be more straightforward in a way the character development I guess, yes, they are kind of one-dimensional, but they're also animated. <laughs> it's also one of those things, too, with just the structure of the show that inherently as it builds up, it's not going to be like, um, I was going to say Sonic the Hedgehog, but I think there's some people that would say that's one of the darker shows of the 90s. Uh, which um, one? There's two of them. Well, there was, the, there was the one that was on, like, I think the ABC. One on ABC the ABC in the morning on Saturdays was great. Yeah, that was like a dark war against, you know, Dr. Robotnik, and the yeah. other one was just like, hey, hey, Tails, give me a chili dog, and, you know, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like the really serious one but I guess, again that's a bad example um, like if you're watching like Rude Dog and the Dweebs yeah, that's deep cut you know you won't be like wow you know Rude Dog really developed over the course of those 40 episodes you know I really think we learned a lot about him right. and this one you really get like just in this episode Marsh loses his first trooper and that's going to stick with him for the whole series you know to the last episodes yeah it, it's hard it's hard to see it right now because we're not a ton of episodes in but they're laying the groundwork for a lot of the stuff 
that's going like the really affecting stuff hasn't hasn't like been said yet. Like we haven't, you know, we haven't brought the Neretti thing back. Uh, we haven't seen Jane, like the people on Venus yet. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of tears left to be shed in the war for human independence. <laughs> yeah, Exo Squad will be back in a moment. Hey everybody, it's Chris here with the notes for this awesome episode. I uh, just wanted to shout out two people that we got in touch with. We got Geek Farm out of the UK telling us about some awesome Exo stuff. I don't know why I'm doing like traffic and news guy on the radio, but whatever. Yeah, it's also, it's really cool to know that like this show had a reach across the oceans. What the fuck? Um... <laughs> Uh, secondly, I just want to shout out Josh Key, who left us a really cool review regarding that. I mean, uh, just for you guys to know, he put in a request for a little more discussion and research about the creative team behind each episode. That's definitely something I want to try to get a little more into as the show goes on. Really, I want to try to get in touch with some guys like uh, Will Mignot and some of the creatives behind the show. Maybe try to do some interviews, but I mean, that's down the line a little bit. We got to set that up. But yeah, that's definitely something I want to get a little bit more into. As always, like, rate, review subscribe five stars and all the usual stuff and yeah keep on listening this is a blast i just wanted to shout out uh josh has a food newsletter site called snack cart it's tinyletter.com slash snack cart if you live in boston la new york dc he's got some great info about what's going on on your town where to eat interesting happenings i mean i live in dc and i found out about stuff i didn't even know and that's crazy i know everything i mean i do a podcast that that's it i don't know anything uh, but yeah, check it out, man. It's really cool. As always, just keep in touch. Hit us up at exosquadgoals.com, hashtag exosquadgoals on Twitter. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Now back to Exosquad. Who are you guys' as MVPs? Oh, snap. I'm going to say Alice Noretti <laughs> because, you know, if you want to go for like pure efficiency of character and the whole, I mean, we're on episode six right now. She's on, she's got maybe like 15 seconds of screen time in the whole series so far. And hey, it's like, Noretti, welcome to Able Squad. And you're dead. So they introduce this character and immediately says, hey, this is a dangerous mission. People can die. And this death is going to matter. War is brutal. It's not all going to be smiles and rainbows. You know, things yeah. are going to go off the rails. So I think that was like a really important character to have in the show. And even though she was there for maybe six seconds of this episode, it really, really counts. Yeah. Even, uh, even yeah. like the one year, one year jump in time is kind of like, oh, that's strange. Could that happen again? You know, like all bets are off. Even 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 though it kind of relieves the tension in a kind of easy way, you're kind of like, oh yeah, wait a second. Yeah. People with faces I, and names are going to die. It's not just going to be crowd shots, you know. Also, Bronski is still fat after a year in prison. How is that possible? Everyone looks great after a year in like space prison. Yeah, I didn't see Takagi joining the Aryan Brotherhood though. That was a twist I didn't see coming at all. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta give it up to Jinx. Uh, he's one of the resistance fighters because he is doing the most boss thing in this episode, uh, which is full of bosses. He's waiting for like the call if they need backup, but he's chilling in his E-frame and has a fishing line uh, hooked to the arm. So he's like fishing in his frame and then Napier's like, Jinx, we're under attack. And he's like, oh, what? And he pulls the frame out and cuts the line and then like goes in and just like kicks ass. But it's like, <laughs> fishing in your frame, it rules. It rules. If, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Hells yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Jinx. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of going to split it between my, my two boys, uh, Zenobius and Stentor, because they're both just guys doing it, doing a job. (laughs) One's having great success. Who got to be the announcer. Who is just wearing his tux, looking great. You know, he's (laughs) home with 10, uh, doesn't have to worry about it. And Zenobius, who's been put in this position, even though he shouldn't have been, and he's struggling with like the limitations (laughs) of of his own imagination. (laughs) These are just like two, like the guys who have been promoted somehow. And I, I really like both of, both of their characters. They're not evil. Like Zenobius is just is not a bad guy. He's just he's a scientist trying to figure it out. And Dentor is just you know the Ed McMahon of this uh, <laughs> this world. He's the Andy Richter. <laughs> he's not really the star, but he's you know he's on the couch. I, I think he's as high as like a non-creative could rise in like television, in collaborationist television. Do you think he's the most famous Neo-Sapien aside from Phaeton? I get the f- feeling though that if the humans took over tomorrow, he'd still be looking for that same job. He'd be like, are there announcing jobs available? <laughs> yeah. My diction is excellent and my delivery on time. I, I don't have any other clothes besides this tuxedo. <laughs> So Exo Squad does this really well, but a lot of shows uh, do this awesomely, which is like their vision of future fashion is always crazy because it's always like a little it's like it looks like normal fashion, but it's like jumpsuited up and everything is made to look more like a jumpsuit. Yeah, if you can put it like a giant belt across the midsection of anything, you know, it has to be like a one piece tuxedo, giant belt and eh, some like frills. Why not? Yeah, that's future fashion. Oh, man. In the 90s. Wearing a jumpsuit with a belt was the height of fashion. It was the coolest thing you could do. Uh, <laughs> the height of super science. Yes. <laughs> Is it worth it? Let me work it. <laughs> that ludicrous verse is so good. Uh, oh, dude. Oh, uh, it's so good. All right. This has been episode six. <laughs> I, I just, I just gotta say though, do you think there's a Neo Sapien named like Ludacroar, who's like a really rudimentary rapper? <laughs> Up on the roof, roof. Tell your podmate not to be mad at me. <laughs> we like, have no beef. We have no livestock of cattle. I have no concept of money, but I have more than you. Like. <laughs> Okay, okay. And we're done. Uh, There's no way this ends well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's been episode six, Target Earth. Uh we come out with a new episode every Saturday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, all around the internet. Uh, you know, we'd have really appreciated we need to get it if you and like give we us... need to get on some, <laughs> yeah. some porn websites. <laughs> exactly. Bangor. <laughs> Maine's own porn. With his website. genetically enhanced endowments. The best porn site in Maine. <laughs> Bangor. But uh yeah, so you know, we'd love it if you guys gave us a you know a like, a five star rating, a review. If you mentioned Ryan's name, we will tell a funny or embarrassing Ryan story. Ryan, do you have anything lined up? Uh, yeah. So, uh, fans of the podcast may know that, uh, I sounded a little echoey, uh, in the first couple episodes, uh, and we didn't know why. We tried everything. Maslone has an MFA in sound editing. We couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, <laughs> so today I was, like, checking out my microphone, uh, and I saw that there are two knobs, uh, not just one. Uh, the first one is volume, uh, and the second one, believe it or not, is echo. Uh, and I've, I've like looked at this microphone, like under it, at it, did not even, did not even see that. And I flipped it off and then I was like, Hey, is the echo gone? Uh, and Chris was like, yeah, what happened? I was like, I I turned the echo off. You can just do that now. (laughs) So these are the kinds of stories you will hear if you mentioned Ryan in a review. Yeah. Um, 
so oh, yeah sorry. you know um <laughs> uh, so yeah give us you know a review we love doing this thing uh and we want to keep uh keep going until the very very end I want to give a shout out to Eric Calderon for the intro and outro music for our podcast. The next episode is episode seven, a traitor amongst us. Traitor is a also a neo sapien. Um, he's very, very dubious. <laughs> 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 this is traitor. He spends his life in jail. Yeah, we can't trust him. It's not. It's yeah. not his fault. Yeah, who leaked the information to the EXO fleet? Traitor, <laughs> not me, Zenobius. <laughs> but yeah, so new episode every Saturday, and uh, yeah, for uh, Exo Squad Goals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy, and I'm Chris Farentino. Any heroes in this company? No, sir. World Star. I mean, no. <laughs> no World Star. <laughs> Good night, hey, everybody. Sorry, that's what, cracked what, what me. What is the world star? It's the, uh, you know, whenever you see a fight video online. <laughs> um, I think it's a hip hop. I don't know. It's a place you go to watch up fu- fucked up, like, bum fights. <laughs> <laughs>